a podcast trying to cram itself into the consciousness of a culture so overwhelmed with content that it's oozing from orifices we didn't even know were there. A society so addled by the screeching pleas for attention from the devices on the counter or hanging on the wall or on the bedside table or on your desk or in your pocket that we've turned even the vanishing possibility of a moment's quiet into a recognizably marketable space. A podcast that recognizes the thoroughly unhealthy reality of living in a world that pulls at the precious, wispy tendrils of every waking moment of human thought, and whatever it is that breathes in the space between those thoughts, in a flagrant attempt to pump those unavoidably deterministic neurons for alternating thumps and squirts of endocrinic outrage and commiseration, in service of more content, in service of more dollars, always more dollars. A podcast that knew all of that a long time ago and concluded, listen, here we are, too. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's not here. Lori took off. In a fit of rage and pique after I failed to deliver any good Valentine's Day presents. That's and I haven't seen true. her since. Oh, here she is. <laughs> Lori's here, too. How are you doing, Lori? I was better yesterday well, at the McDonald's. Here we are. Today is Monday, December 15th, Close 2021. Close enough. December, December Close 15th. Enough. <laughs> it's February. It was Valentine's it's Day yesterday. It's Day, Bob. You had it set up really easily. Today is Monday, February 15th, 2021. You have a good weekend, Abe? Yeah. It's a long weekend, too. It's President's oh, Day. Yeah? You didn't work all today? Day. President's no? Day? I slept in today. It was great. That is a bogus holiday that we should no longer celebrate, if ever we should have. I, I would agree with you only if we replace it with another holiday. Can't take uh, Super gotta Bowl keep Monday. our 10 holidays. Yeah, Was it's that? pretty obvious that we should just take Super Bowl Monday off instead of President's Day. Right. It's almost, yeah, it's like a week or two apart. It's a week. I mean, this year it was a week. Sometimes yeah, it's but two yeah, weeks. Right. But they should just figure out when the Super Bowl is and then call whatever the Monday after that is a right. federal holiday. Right. Also, the longer this stupid country goes on, the more presidents that we accrue on the long, long list, the dumber the notion of celebrating all presidents gets. Right. It's right? not all of we're them. Not, we're not they, adding to... Uh, no, we're not celebrating all of them on right. President's Day. They we're try celebrating to get ahead just of Washington and Lincoln. Right. Basically, it was Washington, and then they're like, okay, we should throw in Lincoln, and they're like, let's get ahead of it and just call it President's Day in case another good one comes. And so this I think we up. should get the current president's birthday off. Yeah. Yes, that is one of Lori's <laughs> oldest takes that I can remember. It's not a take. <laughs> it's a take. It's a, that and was a take be, before the before takes. It should be it's like a, a mandated take. roast the day of. No, just everybody gets that day off. Doesn't matter who they are. Changes every four to eight years. If it's a Sunday, fuck you. It's Sunday right. off. It's fine. If the uh, president was exonerated again forever, he was acquitted. Don't say yes. the president. The former president Donald Trump was acquitted by the Senate, despite. Uh, the most bipartisan vote in the history of the institution to convict. And they got 57 votes, came up 10 votes short. Right. 
to do the trick. I do wonder if because my my prediction was basically going to be fifty five forty five because that that was the vote for the constitutionality of the impeachment, but Cassidy of Louisiana and I think Toomey or I don't know who the the two was it Burr were. Or maybe with Burr, okay, from North Carolina. Uh, I was surprised by those two yes votes on impeachment. But, I mean, the outcome was right. known. Which, going by the way, so does that mean that they were convinced by the House managers that they were mistaken about whether or not this was a constitutional yeah, process? That's, or that's why did I, they still believe that the process was fundamentally unconstitutional, but that they were so overwhelmed by the evidence an emotional argument presented by the House managers that it didn't matter. But then, I mean, it still doesn't. I mean, this, these, those two votes were within like a week or two of each other, right? So what changed? Right. They had all the information. Like, it's not like, I mean, the impeachment managers, they made a good case, but it wasn't a new case. This is, everyone knew what they were going to say because, like, this is like the most obvious case ever. Right. The only thing that changed fundamentally is that the Trump lawyers revealed themselves to be mostly fucking clowns when they weren't humiliating themselves on that that first day then they were just sort of buffoonishly claiming that the whole thing was a fraud and a scam at this at the same time that i'm like that i recognize that this is a disaster it is because so little has changed it's hard to muster the the righteous indignation and anger about it right but but then, he's also out of office. So. Right. Plus, he's gone. But then Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz will pipe up or Lindsey Graham will go on Fox and really get the blood pumping for me again. <laughs> the great shame of all of these Republicans is that Barack Obama wasn't a Republican. And that that sounds backwards. But indulge my little counterfactual here for a moment, this, this alternative history, which if Barack Obama had been a Republican and— Right. Trump comes along, he would have run as a Democrat. And say what you will about Trump's politics not aligning with the modern Democratic Party. I certainly recognize all of that, but bear with me here. If if Donald Trump is a Democrat, the speechifying and inveighing against Trump's actions around January 6th by these Republicans, the Ted Cruz's and the Marco Rubio's and the Josh Hawley's of the world, would have released enough righteous hot air into the atmosphere to boil the fucking oceans, right? Like, and, and on top of that, there would have been more than enough Democrats who would have bowed to the demands of the righteously angry Republicans and voted to convict because there still does exist a shame function among Democrats. Right, but, okay, so in this bizarro world, like, do the Democrats have a solid base similar to MAGA that's like Bama or whatever? I don't know what it would be for Obama. Like, like, would they be showing out and all the polls yes. show imagine, that? Imagine everything is the same. Everything's the same. Okay. The key thing that remains the same is that the Democrats have not had this 30 years of Republican right-wing media, right. which has eliminated the possibility of shame for Republicans from that side, because all that matters is inveighing against the media and inveighing against the Democrats. That's the only thing that matters. Right. And it, right. it doesn't matter whether you're right or you're wrong. That that plays no consequence whatsoever. So that it's obvious to me that if Ted Cruz had gotten the opportunity to, if, if this had been done by a Democrat president, 
and McConnell's vote puts puts it as plain as it can possibly be, right? Because he right. explains all of the ways in which what Donald Trump did was bad and then does the nakedly political thing and says, but ultimately, I can't vote to convict. And he makes up some specious bullshit about the Constitution. Right. And, and, and he had a hand in it, right? I mean, they had ample opportunity for Trump to be tried during the two weeks after or that last week of his office, but they, the Senate didn't convene again until the day before the inauguration, right? So McConnell played a hand in delaying the Senate trial, and now he's like, because the Senate trial is happening after the fact, forget about it, which you would think, okay, then doesn't that create a loophole for a future president to exploit? I mean, following this president who already exploited it. Like, right. you're saying that a president at the end of their term could do whatever they want, drag the impeachment process long enough to get past January 20th, and then they're off scot-free. No, right. because when it's their guy or opposite, right. when it's someone opposite them, just like with the fucking that- Supreme Court, they're going to go, right. oh, this is different because we're assholes right. and that's why. Like. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't open up any possibility. It's, right. They're right. just right. terrible. Right, but they would have been no. they would have been right to remove him from office if this had been on the other side, right? And right. that's the, of course. the like the the thing that will keep them from mattering a hundred years all these speeches that they could have made about saving the republic and protecting it from the the mob. Like it sets up so perfectly for these people who've spent their entire careers talking about how important the founders intent was and and that we live in a representative republic and not a monarchy, right? These these people who weigh in against authoritarianism real and imagined whenever given the opportunity. This was their moment, right? But because the right. R was next to his name, they didn't get the right. chance. And and, and- Many, many of them, well, not many of them, at least a third of them, um, they don't have like 2022 as like an election cycle where they're going to get some retribution. I mean, a couple of the senators are retiring, so they're not going to be up for anything. I think Murkowski is the only one who's exposed because she's going to be running next year. But everyone else, even McConnell, I mean, he just ran, not that he was ever at any risk. He didn't have to run again until 2026 when you would think this Trump era will definitely be over by then, one would imagine. Uh, so what was their concern? Just like their immediate like midterm concern? That's the that thing with McConnell pe- especially is that he's not setting himself up. If if the Republicans are to win back power in 2022 in the Senate, he's not. he can't be their leader. If he if, if right. unless he's willing to go back to playing the Trump game, he cannot be the majority leader for Republicans. He will be challenged and he will lose. Lindsey Graham said this weekend that Mitch McConnell and and Burr of North Carolina helped open the door for Laura Trump to become the next senator from North Carolina, and that right. she would have his complete and total endorsement uh, when it comes to replacing Burr in North Carolina. Right. That's him declaring uh, I, I, war against I mean not that Lindsey Graham has the stones to really go to war with Mitch McConnell and try to be the head of the party himself, but uh it, it opens he's the just playing to the peanut gallery. Do you think that cuz I mean then I mean the the Republican party is already at risk of splintering off into two. This would make it three cuz like you have the Grahams, McConnells and then the Romneys. Is Romney going to support McConnell? 
to like it, it, it would just be too many different people trying to do too many different things. I think at the end, they would just kind of rally behind McConnell. He's like a shithead, but he's our shithead. Look at all the uh, nominees that he pushed through, all of the laws that we wanted, all of the obstructions that we wanted. So no matter what he says— Yeah, but you're assuming the that Senate, there's not a more vocal— that. So, And what I'm saying is that the only way that the Republicans are able to win back the Senate is by going full Trump and, and trying to find people to be as obnoxious as possible in the Laura right, Trump I think you're mold. Right, yeah. Like I don't. Right, I think you're right. Right, and but if, the, that's, the if that's the case, I don't. Though, right. I don't think that those people in the Republican Party are going to be willing to say, "Okay, let's put Mitch McConnell back in charge," just because of his speech, the two speeches. One because on he's January hated 6th, Trump all along, it, right? <laughs> like he, right. he, he saw he saw the off ramp and decided to take it. Unlike a lot of the right. rest of them, right. I think I think McConnell is banking this on this. Would have been a perfect off ramp, right? I mean, just get out of it now. He lost. You got as much as you could out of it. So why would you want him? And and the thing is, Trump is not going to be on the ballot next year. All these other people are going to be running, uh, trying to be him. But he's kind of a one of a kind. So like, it's it may not work. You know, these people thinking that I'm going to run on border this you know all this like old stuff like people will be past it i think a lot of people will just be happy that the pandemic is basically over so like next year will be the first full year we'll be back to normal right i mean at the end of this year we'll be fine but 2022 people will be back in fully normal status people will be kind of rebuilding you want to go back like i don't know how that would work as far as an argument goes like the argument is simply one of of bald hatred for the other side you you right. need only turn on Hannity or Tucker to find out what the argument is, and the argument is one of pure, total, constant culture war. And you can't right. you can't tell me that if Sarah Huckabee Sanders gets elected to be the governor of Arkansas, that we're going to be moving in a direction of less Trumpiness out of these in, this shrinking collection of of Republican controlled states. The biggest problem on the Republican side is any moderate, any normal Republican will be primary. So, because what energizes the base is just crazy people saying crazy things. Right. The Oregon, and I, was it, it the Oregon GOP who passed a resolution in their party platform that said that the election was a fraud, and that did they? Yeah, and and then wow. and then you've got all of these different Republican organizations, party organizations throughout different states censuring various like people. at Arizona. Michigan, yeah. Right, Arizona, Michigan, Louisiana, all all anybody who speaks up against Trump gets the treatment of being censured by the party apparatus back in their home state. And that, right. it's, and not that only is that, going to definitively lead to more Lauren Boberts and more right. Marjorie Taylor Greens primarying the shit out of these people. And if Eric Cantor can't win in that like Eric Cantor a decade ago in the get swept up in the Tea Party movement and get, he was like, what was he, third in the House or something? He was the third, yeah. And he's like what Scalise is now, yeah. Right. Does does McCarthy think he's going to be okay trying to ride the line between these people? Does right. he not remember what happened to his buddy 10 years ago? Does he not know That's what true. happened to Paul Ryan shortly after that, where Ryan just had to sort of just go away because he didn't want to do this <laughs> anymore? I think the problem is that it's beyond their control, so they're trying to pretend they're in front of it or ahead of it or leading it, but they're not. And so the, like the congresswoman from Georgia, the Colorado lady you just mentioned, 
they're more trouble than they're worth. They're just like one vote in the House, but the news cycle, they eat up a lot of it, and it's never good. It's never like they did something good. Like, from the framework of, like, policy, right? Not not whether you agree with it or not, but it's just more hassle. It's more of a headache for the leadership, but they can't do anything about it because the base likes that. Right. Likes this sort of nonsense. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is only in Congress because she ran around the district collecting 15,000 votes to primary the guy yeah. who was in party and leadership. And he was high up. Uh, right. it was, it's yeah. a very safe so – that, but that's, that's how parties radicalize, right, is that you have these incredibly right. safe districts where everything is gerrymandered to keep people in power, to keep parties in power, and, and to, to mitigate the power of the opposition, right? But right. what you don't realize is that the more that you do to – cordon off the Republicans into safe zones. Say let, Let's say that the Virginia legislature comes up with a new map that, that fixes Charlottesville so that Charlottesville actually has some potential representation, right? So that instead of electing a Republican every two years to Congress, we actually get somebody who will represent us. And all that will do, and, and we, we put a blue dot that's actually representative of, of Charlottesville. The area, right. And and now what we've done is we've cordoned off the outer counties so that they're on their own. And that the Virginia's fifth and a half district or whatever it is that I'm imagining here becomes a Republican stronghold. You take Charlottesville out of the equation, it's going to get like 90% Republican vote, right? Instead of being an right. arguably competitive thing, it's just going to get 90% of the vote. Who do you think is going to start running for that seat? Exactly, yeah. Only increasingly yeah. extreme and radical lunatics who can – just fling shit at the what what might be a relatively established Republican, like say Denver Riggleman, who gets primaried by a, a total nut job. And this guy thinks right. this this good guy Bob Good thinks his seat is safe because he was the lunatic last time around. There's going to be a right. worse lunatic yeah, coming can, yeah. for you, Bob it's a, Good. Right. It's always a bottomless pit. I'm sure a lot of the. Tea Party wave people in 2010, they've they've probably some of them have fallen out of favor and they're too moderate for this upcoming cycle in 22, right? Where it's like in 2010 they were going on and on about taxes and this and that, but now they're not f- to the right enough. They're not Trumpian enough. And and in six or eight years, these people are not going to be whatever the new enough will be. It just keeps on getting worse and worse. Right. I want to talk a little bit about what the Republicans about the Republicans' arguments following the vote, there's a lot of talk about unconstitutionality and the unprecedented nature of what was going on. So a lot of the, like, especially Rubio's statement pissed me off more than a lot of the rest of them because I know that, I mean, I don't, I can't say, I can't even form the words, I know that Marco Rubio knows better. But it is the case that he he knows better, right? Like, Yeah, most of them know better, like, Come on, all of these people know better. Not all of them, probably most of them. That, like, Some of them right. are really stupid. <laughs> yeah. The idea that convicting a president who's already out of office, who was, by the way, he was impeached while in office, right? And right. then they just didn't have the trial until after he was gone because he did the thing on the way out of town, right? Like the thing that was so unacceptable was something that he did in the final moments of his presidency. So yes, right. that's when you impeach him, right? So which is it? Should right. they should they have impeached right. him beforehand for things that he hadn't done yet cuz they tried that too and you didn't think right. that was that the Ukraine call was so bad. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because 
it like you said, it's all about timing. Like if this happened six months before, I mean, it had to happen in this window because it had to be something that was after the election. He lost. And then there was an opportunity where he can make a big scene. January 6th was that moment. So like it had to have happened in that window, no matter what, for this to come up. So right. from that point on, they they initiated the article of impeachment, right? And it the whole process was through and after his term. Right. That so on the one hand, they're complaining illegal. about how fast it was, that it was a completely unfair process that went so incredibly quick and there were no witnesses and the president didn't get to have a lawyer in the House. And on the other hand, they're saying that that you can't impeach somebody after he's out of office. Because if they have if they had done the whole thing that they were demanding, which is a full trial where the president gets to present lawyers and witnesses in his defense over in the House, that there definitely wasn't time for that because this happened so close to the end of his term anyway, right? Right. You can't have both things. And it's it's just a total abdication of, of congressional responsibility. When unprecedented shit happens, like, say, the president of the United States insisting for four years that the results of American elections are fraudulent, even when he wins, and then he demands right. that his supporters show up in Washington on the day that the Senate and his own vice president are going to confirm his opponent's victory and march on the Capitol while this is happening, and then he calls his vice president a coward— and it incites the crowd in that way while they're on the way to the Capitol, and it leads to multiple deaths, and he continues to insist that the election was stolen even that afternoon, when this unprecedented scorn for the foundational democratic principles that allow the country to be a country uh, comes from a person that we absurdly installed into the highest office in the land, that calls for the setting of new precedents, right? That was the unprecedented shit right. that happened. <laughs> and if you don't realize that in this moment, that it's important to draw the line at a moron army of Trump supporters storming the Capitol trying to stop the transition of power, uh, I don't know what world you're living in, right? In a moment of unprecedented abuse of power, the response has to be unprecedented by definition. So yes, Marco, it would be unprecedented because you'd never been asked to do your job in this way, and you chose not to. To me, the most obvious thing is that for political reasons, there was no way that they were going to convict a president of their own party, right? So they had to find justifications for what they were already going to do. Like There wasn't a scenario where they were going to vote to convict, so they fi- had to find. But it was either some other an reason. unprecedented thing that happened, or it wasn't. And they all admitted right. that it was a terrible and unprecedented thing that cannot happen again. Not one of them, except maybe Tommy Tuberville, <laughs> was down with what happened on January sixth, right? Right. So either it well, yeah, yeah. Right? Like either it was right. bad and unacceptable and you have to take action to prevent that from happening because what have you done besides demanded that this happen again? Not literally, right? right? Not but you're you're guaranteeing right. that if there are no consequences to bad antisocial behavior, you're going to get more bad antisocial. Have they never had children? Have they never even had a dog? Are they unfamiliar with how basic human interaction works in a in a world of consequence and causal chains? Like it just it's infuriating. I mean, we don't even have to imagine it. A year ago. The closing arguments, I don't know if it was Schiff or someone else, said if you let him slide, he's not just going to 
correct himself. He's going to do something else. And a year later, he did something else. If he somehow won or whatever, like he would have done something else too because he understand. I mean, the, uh, Trump does, that he was playing with house money. There was never going to be a scenario where enough people were going to turn on him, on his eye, because he has the base, right? So you're right. If a situation like this came up to where the base didn't care about the rules, right? Law and order people don't care about the rules. Then the same thing will happen because you can see that there are politicians that will let something like this slide and they won't face a political cost. And in fact, it'll be the people who are doing the right thing who face a political cost, right? right? So it's all upside down. And you're right because the reason – the reason that he said that he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and he wouldn't lose a single supporter is because right. they would see the footage of that happening on CNN and they would automatically right. disbelieve exactly. it or yeah. assume it's that like something was the, bogus about it, right? Right. So it's it, not the entire video. All that matters or, is it doesn't matter that Trump shot somebody on Fifth Avenue. What matters is that everybody else was upset about it and talked about it and it must therefore be overblown or a lie in some way, right? Right. And then they're going on about how impeaching and convicting would be disenfranchising of 74 million voters, which is <laughs> like so wildly disingenuous and, and, and utterly full of shit that I barely know how to respond to it. Because it the, the number of votes bullshit, that yeah. he got has nothing to do with anything, right? It doesn't right. have anything right. to do with what happened on January 6th. Unless, right. also, unless you fully believe in the stop the steal narrative, right? Unless you're fully right. committed to the idea – that the 81 million votes is a was just a lie, right? Right. I mean, that's what they're saying. Like, there's no way this guy could have uh, – Trump has more Instagram followers. So clearly, there's no way that 71 million – like, you know, sometimes they'll point to absurd examples. Like, oh, Biden gave a speech and it was on YouTube and only 1,100 people watched it. Clearly, he doesn't have the 81 million. So the 81 million is discounted. The 74 million is always rounded up to 75, oddly enough. Um because it hadn't hit 75 million yet, has it? Is 74.2 million, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So round down, people, not up. But it's funny that some of them are making that argument because January 6th, they were literally trying to disenfranchise those four states, or at least four states. Maybe it was more. The people in those states, in uh, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, right. Michigan, They were hoping Wisconsin. to overturn the results of right. the election. They were hoping so- <laughs> to disenfranchise Every voter, not just the ones who won, right? Right. If you take the results of an election and disregard them, you haven't disenfranchised just the people who voted for one side. You've disenfranchised the entire democratic society. You've said, actually, what you did doesn't matter because no matter what you were going to do, we've predetermined the outcome, right? Right. But what they say does not matter because— what they say is purely in service of an outcome they want, right? So when when they want the president to have won those states, they'll say, we don't have confidence in the people, just get rid of it and just let the legislators decide. Uh, when this impeachment comes up, the argument is, oh, it's not constitutional. When it was time for the Senate to take up the cause while he was in, in office, Trump, they say, oh, no, no, we'll reconvene on the 19th. So like at every point, you just say whatever you need to say – however absurd, however incoherent, to get you to the next point. Basically, it's just like a day-by-day, I'm just making shit up just to do what I wanted to do all along. And it's, and I'll say this, it's working. Like, there's no cost right, to it's these It's working because yeah. the cake is baked. 
right? We have established that there is no crossing over between sides. We've established that there are functionally, there are two warring factions and you can say that one of them is reality based and one of the, but none of that matters. It doesn't matter whether you agree with one or disagree with one. If functional, like the, it's just, it's an impossible place to govern if right. that's the goal. If, if the, right. if the hope is to be able to govern and do something as a, as a collective, which is the point of government is to organize disparate resources and point them towards collective good, hopefully, or right. at least towards collective action, and that occasionally it ends up being in service of the collective good by accident most of the time. Right. It seemed to be what was causing this problem is that like the whole negative partnership thing where I'm not going to give you any policy ideas that I am supporting. I'm the, My entire day will be spent on pointing out why you're horrible or why you're a danger, like the other side, right? And if you get enough people pissed off at the other side, how they're trying to do this or that, right, socially or tax-wise or borders, just negative things. The other side is negative. The other side is negative. By virtue of having a two-party system, the only other place you can go is on my side. Or you just don't show up and vote, which is fine with me also. So it seems to be a weird strategy to just anger people against the other side. It's almost kind of like tripping someone when a bear is chasing both of you, just so the bear eats you and you escape if you're not fast enough. Right, because the goal is just self-advancement in the cultural entertainment complex. It has nothing to do with advancing policy goals. There was that thing a few weeks ago where Madison Cawthorn, the uh, crippled guy from North Carolina— who lost his legs in service of being a fucking drunk moron when well, he was 20 years cripples. old. Oh, is that, I didn't Th- know what thank happened. Thank you for your service, Mr. Cawthorn. Yeah, his buddy and he, I think, I don't know if they ever proved that it was drunk driving, but they were driving at night and there was a car accident and whatever. Okay. But he said he built his team, like his congressional team, around messaging around people who are going to do the best job creating sweet Instagram content for him, not around policy goals. He right. said that out loud. <laughs> right, like, right. He, he admitted it. He said, I'm He's not shying away from it. just yeah, an yeah. Instagram influencer. I'm not here right. to do the work of Congress. I'm here to make a name for myself, right? Right. And Matt Gates is the exact same thing. Definitely. He seems to have no... Uh, pr- he'll throw anyone under the bus. Like, didn't he go to Wyoming to, like... <laughs> Shit on chain, like he seems like he'll do whatever. Yeah, suck up to whomever to advance. It's an impossible way to try to run a country, right? I don't know if it's an outgrowth of this other thing that we're going to talk about. I don't know which is the cart and which is the horse here. Right. Uh, I'm not that clever, but I I want to tie this to the Taylor Lorenz stuff and the Gina Carano stuff because it all seems to be of a piece. All of the same dumb piece, and so now not exactly household name, so maybe a little. Uh, yeah, so Gina Carano extra. is a former. I don't know if she was in UFC, Meathead. but she was in the. She was UFC, in the UFC. She was yeah. UFC. Okay, so she's yeah. an MMA fighter who fought for UFC for a few years, and she's now an actress. She got her start, I ah. think. She got her start in a Soderbergh movie, of or at least that was how she made her big. Her first big break was some Soderbergh movie. More recently, she's been on the Disney Plus hit show, The Mandalorian, which have you watched The Mandalorian, Abe? 
I watched like the first uh, two episodes and I realized mostly I like the music on Star Wars. And I don't <laughs> care about any of these people. So like when they're just walking around, like, man, I don't care about any of these people. Not even like that little uh, baby thing that people like. I don't know. I was out. But I hear it's good. No, it's very good. We watched the first season, and I think we're about halfway through the second season, and then we're we stopped for a few episodes into the second season. We're very bad okay. at watching TV. Yeah, we watched. Although we did watch and complete the flight attendant in the yeah, last like two weeks. Yeah, because I insisted on it. Was that any good? We'll it was talk fine. about it some other time. That's not right now. We're not going to talk about it, but it was fine. <laughs> yeah, like yes, independent sir, no, of the show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, Mandalorian, very good show. It's a fun. Right. It's exactly what. It's like a western. Right. It's a western. It's what no. I thought I always wanted out of my Star Wars non-main story stories, which is just really well done in-universe stuff that sort of vaguely connects to the rest of the Star Wars universe, but uh, doesn't have any impact on it. It's, you could probably watch a random episode and enjoy it. Like you wouldn't okay. get it. But they're self-contained. A guy goes to a place, and he's like, I'm looking for this thing. And the people in right. the place are like, well, we'll help you, but you have to help us first by solving one of our problems. And then he solves a problem, and then he gets help, and, and then that, they move along. Oh. Right. Very formulaic. She's not – is she a prominent character? She's kind like the, She's like the fourth lead or something probably. She's I think. a oh. recurring character. No, she's like – okay. she's definitely a recurring character. And she was fun. She was a, an interesting – Fun character, whatever. Not a particularly like great actress or anything, but yeah, yeah but she's, that's she's not necessary of the show either. Right, her physical presence is what matters, and she's a big, imposing big girl. Physical presence, and also her politics are completely immaterial, by the way, to <laughs> her employment on the show of uh, the Mandalorian. Right, like right, and despite that fact, she was recently. Let go. She was fired by Disney. Okay. For Can some we clear bad this tweets. Up? Can we clear up? Because the statement uh, from Lucasfilm or some spokesperson, they say Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm with no plans for her to be in the future. So was she just in between contracts or – because they're not saying that they fired her for this. They're just saying she, she's not working for us now. And we're not going to bring her back on board. So, like, is this just playing cute with words? Or is this person fired for this reason? Are they just trying to make a – create a, some gap between the two events? I don't think we get to know that. Events? Right. I think we don't get to know that. That The HR speak from the people at Disney and Lucasfilm is just that. It's just human resources, flack, nonsense, and it doesn't mean anything. The bottom line is that she was – she will not be permitted to continue to – play this role of this character for this company because of some bad tweets that she did. And there's no getting around the reality that these were bad tweets, right? Like, I'm not saying that they were great tweets. One of them... This is the Jewish stuff? Right, so one of them was... It was started way before that. Right, so this has been going on for a while. Since COVID. Because... Okay, but... This Karana person is your stereotypical UFC fighter, yes. right? Right. She's a total UFC meathead. And you can tell when UFC you look at her meathead. face. You know right. exactly everything about her when you look at her face. Right. 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 She, so she had gotten in trouble last before The Mandalorian even came out a couple of years ago because she made a crack in her Twitter bio about pronouns so that she, instead of putting in 
the relevant pronouns or instead of just not doing anything, she, I don't remember what the joke was, but she, I think like it was, she, her, it was that, like, that right. thing instead that of putting she, her, she wrote like beep, bop, boop or something like beep slash boop <laughs> slash bop. Like, and yeah, okay. You could certainly build a lengthy blog post about the ways in which that does violence to a whole community of people. But when confronted about that, she was contrite about not wanting to actually hurt people and just thinking that it's silly that people have to announce their pronouns for the world to see. And whatever. It it culminates with her sharing a meme where it's a bunch of old men sitting around a table and a bunch of and the table is being supported by and obviously I'll link to it at the show notes, brainiron.com, or just click the link in the show notes for that. But it's a bunch of people being weighed down by a table that's sitting on their backs and the message of the meme is, hey, enslaved people of humanity, if you just stand up and shrug the table off, then you won't be under the thumb of the mean people controlling you all the time. The big problem of that being that this is similar to a mural that depicted the men sitting around the table in much more obvious, with much more obvious anti-Semitic tropes with like hooked noses where they just look Jewier. Right. So she wasn't sharing the obviously anti-Semitic one, but it is something that is associated with anti-Semitic propaganda from the past or whatever. And apparently that was enough to get her fired from the Mandalorian following a, a Twitter campaign by people who care about such things. And I'm not, talking about trying to defend this particular bad tweet or that particular bad tweet, but we're not even talking about somebody who writes the show or creates the show. We're talking about an actor, somebody who shows up and says the lines that are provided for her and then goes home, right? It has nothing. Right. Her politics should be so far from anyone's minds, unless she's like, profoundly being antisocial on purpose in a way that demands attention in some way, right? Like, right. But we're right. not talking about somebody who goes out and praises Nazis. We're just talking about somebody who shares memes that you're, the more annoying people that you know on your Facebook would, would happily share, right? Right. So the, the big problem here is for the companies, right? So they're like, you say whatever you want, but we don't want our show to be negatively impacted by your shit, right? So when this happens, all of the busybodies online harass the Mandalorian and Lucasfilm and Disney, right? So they keep on getting shit, and they're like, why are we getting shit? Oh, because the fourth lead is saying stupid shit. They're like, well, get rid of her, and then they can stop. Basically, they're like putting out the fire by throwing you overboard, right? right. And so in an ideal world, you would think a company would say, you know, this is ridiculous. We're not hiring her for her personal views. We're hiring her for a specific purpose to be an actor, and she's doing that. Fuck off, right? But they're still going to get flack for it. So they're like, why should our show suffer for some random actor? I mean, do years people ago, for, they do did, people forget the fucking obnoxious million moms from a generation ago who would go around demanding that products be pulled from shelves or whatever because it? it like, I don't even remember right. they were so stupid. But right. Like this is only interesting to the extent because there's a there's now an acceptable way to be political, right? And none of it right. is 
that it's acceptable to be vocally conservative. And it's not because of anything in particular that she said or might say. It's because of who they imagine she might associate with. Not, not anybody who she actually associates with. Right. But the fact that she is of another tribe means that she is also ideologically connected to people who we have decided are not acceptable in polite society. And because right. of that fact, she cannot be employed. Cannot Her face cannot even be seen on our television screens. Right. The tribe that she's associated herself with has made it clear that they stand for nothing except lies and hurting people's feelings. And... It sucks that that's the tribe that she's associated herself with. If this were 15, 20 years ago and somehow the internet were the same, I don't think Disney would fire her for being politically conservative. It's because the right has gone fucking crazy. And that's what she was putting on her Twitter. No, it's equally fucking crazy to demand that somebody who you disagree with politically cannot be on a television show that you watch because of some perceived harm that it does. The, per the perceived harm simply being that there are other people in a society who we disagree with, right? So this, this right. is an entirely self-reinforcing tribal war that only gets worse any time somebody acts within the war, right? And, and people do it online. All of these pressure campaigns, they do it and they continue to do it because it works. Wasn't I mean she's as you say like fourth, she's not like the main main character, but she's not like some random person. Uh, Roseanne was kicked out of her own show, right? And they continued the show because she, I don't know, said some th stupid things, admittedly, right? But you can be let go if enough people complain about the things you do. Plenty of people say stupid things, like if you sat around and looked people's social media posts. They say stupid things a lot of times, but if you get enough people to take notice and do some sort of hashtag, people who make the decisions up top, they're like, our brand is hurting. Yep. Get rid of the person who's hurting the brand and let's get past it. The first I not heard about her Twitter was her screaming at people to stop wearing masks because COVID's not real. Maybe there should be some sort of like an understanding of like how people should be like, do people not have the right to just express themselves or say stupid things? Most people online say stupid things, right? So are people not allowed to say stupid things? If they're not committing a crime, could we not as a society absorb the stupidity? Well, you don't have to commit a crime to get fired for something. Right. But if you're doing something harmful to your company, she's just... On her personal account, she's not saying watch Mandalorian tonight and also to hell with this group, you know. It seems like on her own, she's communicating to people who follow her stupid things. And it's just like, all right, see you on Monday. Do whatever you want. Right. And by the way, by the way, conservatives are not at, at the moment. And it's not like conservatives haven't done this in the past, right, which is try to police the actions of others in an attempt to get right. people fired or, or to pull products off shelves or whatever. But at the moment, this is coming from the left. And right. what, what the suggestion is that conservatives are, are expected to take in the culture that is being produced by and acted by people who overwhelmingly disagree with them, whose politics are they believe are an existential risk to themselves and their country. And they're supposed to just take it. On the other hand, it's okay 
for activist liberals on Twitter to get to cause such a stir that you can uh, get this chick fired from her job uh, just for being conservative. Now she was picked up in a in a predictably dumb way. She gets hired by the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's website, to star in and direct an upcoming as yet unnamed film project. It is going to be like the those movies you guys uh, used to like. Um Kirk Cameron, no, no, like, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's no. the future. The future a- <laughs> of entertainment is that God's not the daily that fucking wire is going to be producing what amounts to conservative propaganda films on the one hand and trying to convince you that everything that comes out of Hollywood is just liberal propaganda on the other hand. Right. One thing about the online uh, people, uh, I wish that they're a little more honest in their in their motivations. You're not correcting someone's behavior when you do these things right what they're doing is they're indulging in in shitting or punishing someone that they don't like politically right so they're in a position to to harm someone by getting them fired and they take the opportunity every time it comes up if their end game was we want them to see the error of their way if that is indeed what they are saying like your opinions are not just you know, different than ours, but wrong objectively. Like a lot of people think that way, right? No, it's just, it's just conform or go away. Right. 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 So this doesn't work. This never works. Right. But, and I think a lot of people know that, but they don't care. They just want to just harm somebody because they can't. What will end up happening is they'll have a lot of people like her. There's not enough of the Caranos and the Ben Shapiro's to create a new Hollywood or whatever, but You'll have those people plus a lot of other people just being resentful of this process. It's just not a very healthy way to go about doing things. And eventually, it's just, this, this is going to turn on people that are in that group. Because like with the uh, politicians in gerrymandered districts, they think, oh, I'm king shit here, right? But there's always going to be an even shittier person that's going to come around, and they're going to turn on you, right? So a lot of people that are shitting on Carano— they probably said something that's going to be unacceptable conduct two years from now, and then they'll be on the outside looking in too. So eventually, it just what is that snake that eats its tail? That's what this whole thing is. Right. Eventually, everybody's going to get fucked. And you'll be fucked not for things that you said, but for things that you failed to say. Right. Right. Because this this will and and not to turn into a slippery slope thing where we have to make it so much worse than it actually is when it's actually already quite bad. But this will stop people from wanting to speak out and say things that they would otherwise want to say, right? Right. It yeah. has— Which I think what, what they want right, to do. Right, that's the goal. Right. Which And once enough people are silent, once the—the the mob is never sated, right? The mob is never satisfied that right. they've gotten enough skins because they know that there are people out there thinking wrong. They might not be saying wrong anymore, but they're thinking wrong. And now right. you will be in a situation where you're compelling speech and that a failure to say the right thing, where silence, right. silence is violence, right? A failure to, in, to use as dumb an example as possible, a failure to declare your pronouns when you stand up to speak at the school board meeting or something like that will result in somebody calling you a transphobe because you did right. not adhere to all of the rules that are necessary to live in polite society as polite society becomes increasingly authoritarian and top-down 
I mean, that was already happening during the summer protests. You would see videos of you need to perform for us, you know, like right. we're, they walk up to people dinner, dining but... in a, at an outdoor cafe and they scream in their faces demanding that they say Black Lives Matter right. or demanding that right. they raise the fist in solidarity. And even and people who agree with them. Exactly. Yeah. 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 People who are already it's like you're, it's like what is it that you're trying to do when people that already agree with you are put off by the way you go about it? Like. You're being so obnoxious, like you have to conform on command, like right now, between bites, dance for me, or else you're like the worst person ever. Like, to me, it's like, this doesn't come from a place of let's come together and see things out of eye. It's like, you're going to do what I want you to do because I have this opportunity to be an asshole. It's always kind of like, people always say, oh, you can tell a lot about how somebody treats a waiter or whatever. I think it's a similar thing here where people who have this, they believe that they're right. And there are some occasions where I agree with the larger point, but the way you go about it, it kind of reveals your character. If you are like, this is an opportunity for me to behave badly because it's masked by your even worse behavior, I'm going to behave badly. And that's all that's happening here. And it only makes the world a worse place to live in. And I mean that seriously, right? Right. That it, it... it doesn't actually achieve any of the goals that you might believe are good and benevolent for your side, right? You, right. None Which of that is achieved. Like, sometimes I ask myself, are they actually, like some of the people, maybe that's not even what their motivating principle is. Like I said, maybe it's just, I get to shit on you. No, it's just, just indulging the absolute worst aspects of things that feel good for your stupid monkey brain. Like that's, right. that's all it is. It's not in service of some greater good. It's right. just enjoying the tribal war. And and it's exactly like what happened in a much even dumber way somehow. With right, because t- now people are – because this is currency, like pointing out someone's whatever, saying the wrong thing or behaving in the wrong way. People are seeking out or they're going into private settings to pull information so they can tell the mob, hey, look what this guy said. Right. So Taylor Lorenz, who's a – tech reporter for the New York Times, incorrectly last week, actually shortly before I think we went on, we recorded last Monday, so it was happening last Monday night, uh, incorrectly tweeted that somebody on Clubhouse, which is a up-and-coming social media site where all you can do is talk to one another, there's not really a chat function, there's nothing that's recorded, at least within the confines of the app, I imagine that there will be ways to surreptitiously record these things as they happen because that's just always the case. But it's an entirely ephemeral uh, conversational app where you just get in a on a party line with a bunch of people on your phone and you're able to listen to or otherwise participate in a group conversation. It sounds like my actual nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what if what if we did the podcast? <laughs> On Clubhouse. With strangers. With strangers who could just interrupt us whenever they wanted to. Right. It sounds so stupid that it'll probably work. Right. So she incorrectly tweets that somebody on Clubhouse said, and her her quote is the R-word slur. She would not say the word retard or retarded. She said the R-word slur, and that nobody in the chat called this person out for it. And she posted a screenshot of the people with their headshots and the names uh, who were on the chat. 
Now, as it turns out, she identified the wrong person, and she did not explain that in the context of the call, this person was referring to how some other group of people refer to themselves, not how this, this, it was, this was not a situation where somebody on the call was calling a group of people retards or was calling somebody else on the call retarded or somebody who wasn't there, who was somehow like flinging this about in slur fashion. It was just the bare utterance of a word that is considered prohibited was enough to send her flying off to her Twitter account to proclaim uh, the sin of this person as she saw right. it and attempt to sick the mob on them ef effectively. So people are now seeking this out. They're trying to, and in otherwise private settings, like what's next? Are people going to like uh, wear a wire, like to go to the bars and just right. hope some frat bro says something uncouth? Like what is going on with this? Like this seems to be... Right. Well, to be fair to Taylor, after a couple of days off, she returns to Twitter and, well, she doesn't exactly apologize. She posts a link to an article talking about how everything is Gamergate now in an attempt to claim the full mantle of victimhood for herself, for what she's had to endure in terms of harassment over the last couple of days for having done a bad tweet herself right. when she was trying <laughs> to sick that mob on someone else. That's, yeah. Because realize. otherwise, I, I would sympathize. I'm sure she's getting a lot of shit, but it's funny that you are in... You you got shitted on because you were trying to shit on someone else. It's kind of like hard to it's like this is what it feels like. This is like the other side of online harassment. Right, but she pays no price. She pays no price for this in her club, right? Because on her right. on her side of the aisle in her tribe, she still did the right thing. And the far worse sin is the abuse and harassment that she suffered in the wake of this by people like Glenn Greenwald and whoever else was tweeting at her for doing the bad thing. Is is it the right thing because this is now, it's been going in this direction for some time, but we're reaching like absurd levels with the words people say. And, and by the way, retard used to be an academic paper, but that now used to you can't be say the that nice anyway. thing to say. Right. <laughs> it's like, if when it was we a stock, were in elementary school, the correct yeah. word was retarded. Right. right. And then we, as a generation, claimed it for our own. Right. Well, people kept acting fucking retarded. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of uses for that word, a very uh, versatile word. Uh, anyways, apparently you can't say also, it. But and I'm, I'm fine, by the way. I'm fine with the language evolving in such a way that it's not okay to call your buddies a faggot or call your buddy a retard anymore, right? Like, we lost right. that. We can't just walk right. around and just call everybody a faggot right. all the time or call everybody a retard all the time. It's not okay. And that's fine. Right. Like it's right. it's okay that that norms change and shift, but that doesn't it doesn't mark the word in such a way that it's utterly unpronounceable, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. It's fine for those to be casualties of the you know passage of time. What it sounds like is okay. So if you're saying that intent does not matter and context does not matter, you know this is one example of context. There was uh, the the N word situation with uh, the New York Times lady. Uh, that you always uh, refer to, uh, where intent doesn't matter. What you're saying then is that you just can't say certain sounds together. Like you just can't say words. Like it doesn't. Like the whole point, the the reason why people don't like saying certain words is because of the meaning behind it. 
but now you're divorcing it from the meaning. Just don't say the word because you just can't say that word. This seems to be a little absurd in my A little thinking. absurd. <laughs> But it doesn't seem it's absurd the, to but that. But that's the thing. It's so absurd. And it's the it's totally accepted in one tribe, right? That it's just now never – that you must, when referencing these things, say the R-word slur or the right. N-word slur. And that right. is the only way. Of, and, and it gets back into a stupid old conversation about Huck Finn, about Mark right. Twain, and whether or not it's acceptable to read Mark Twain because he said – because there – there's hundreds of instances of the word nigger in some form or fashion. And word right. Jim. Right. In that book. <laughs> right. As if, as if somehow that is itself the harm being done. Right. I would understand if it's like if the argument was that we can't discern what your intent was, so don't say it or you have to couch it enough context or enough intent. Or you have to get ahead of it to say that you don't believe. Like if you had to like go through all these hoops to say something, okay, it's kind of obnoxious, but it makes sense. But the argument seems to be you just can't say the word. We just don't want to hear the word ever. And so what that misses is you can convey things using different words, right? Which, by the way, it's it's – and not to be that fucking guy, but holy shit. It is, in fact, okay for a segment of the population to say it because intent does matter, right? Right. I listen to the buffer. That word gets said sometimes, right? Right. right. That's true, yeah. And I got to think about it. Right. Get th- it gets said on our show in a different context, right? right? I'm right. not, like, and that's, the, I, I will not be, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm making some sort of brave stand. I just think right. this is fucking absurd, right? It is. You, Yes, you you know you are an intelligent, grown human being who can recognize context and can get to know somebody and talk to them if you think that your feelings are somehow being hurt or you are being injured in some way or someone else might be injured in some way. Then have a conversation with the person and right. talk to them about it and say, right. I wish you wouldn't use that word. And then if they want to continue to throw it around in their in your face, then yeah, maybe they're an asshole. But I don't know right. what else that means, right? right. Like, I, I don't know. And and don't tell me that context doesn't matter if you're that 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 intent doesn't matter that context doesn't matter if you're not going to turn around and make sure that that thing, that the utterance of those syllables is not also considered completely anathema to everyone right it cannot right. it cannot be the case that intent doesn't matter just for me right and a, a larger point here is that I think. People just need to remember the reason why certain words can be said or they don't want them to be said is because of the message behind it, right? So if you just get rid of the word that conveyed the message, but there's nothing being done about the message, somebody else can just – if somebody said them coloreds in certain contexts, you know, or the blacks or the juice, like you can make anything – you can – you can imbue any sort of hate in any word, right? If you say it in the right way. And if enough people said that, then that word can't be said either in 30 years. So it seems like you're playing this weird whack-a-mole thing where you're kind of missing the point. The word is conveying a thought if, if it's a harmful thought. Right, because and you it, say it, it by has other nothing – that it, it no longer matters, right? Because it's not actually – because all it is is a willingness to say the word is now a signifier that you belong to the wrong tribe, right? right. Which is how it ties into all of the other stuff that we're talking right. about. Is right. that the, the fact that it would spill out of your mouth in the wrong – 
at, at all, not, not right. in anger, not in hate, not with any intent to harm or injure, but just the fact that, that it would even be syllables that can come out of your, your lips and teeth and tongue. Right. That that's enough to prove that you don't belong in the tribe anymore. And I can't imagine. I, I wonder if how many people in this tribe actually believe it, or they're just saying it just so they don't run afoul of the other idiots. No, because it's just a question of control. It's just right. a. It's just purely a provocation, as we've right. talked about in other contexts before. Because a lot of people deliberately pretend that they don't understand the context in which someone said a word that you don't like, and. They said it 10 years ago, or there's like a video of them uh, in 2005 uh, singing some like Eminem song, right? It's like, oh, this person is a terrible person. You know the context in which they were saying it. They weren't hurling it at somebody sitting at the coffee, you know, like at a restaurant, right? But people pretend to not understand the context and say, it, it would you be said like the getting, bad word. It's like getting mad at a, foot, a white football player for referring to his fellow black – like a kid who grew up in South Georgia or something. Right. Who just right. – gr- who grew up saying that word in the way that right. people who are too familiar, arguably, say right. it. Right. The, right. Like a football player who – texts his buddy my nigga or whatever yeah. along those right. lines and, right. and and getting mad at that guy and wanting to cancel him or whatever and i don't even like the use of the word because cancel doesn't mean anything right yeah it was it, it was a it was it a joke mean, in the first place first of all right that's the context of cancel culture is that we're going to cancel oreos or something right like the whole thing is a joke <laughs> that yeah. evol- that that then becomes taken incredibly seriously usually by people who mean it in in disingenuous but, ways you know, there are certain cancellation, like, you know, Bill, I mean, he went to jail, but, you know, there are certain people or like Weinstein, Weinstein or whatever, but there's other people and they just kind of use it interchangeably. I guess I I understand what they mean by it. They're trying to derail your career, but it's just easier just to say cancel right. as but a catch-all. It, it is. It's, now it's, it's exactly like fake news was a few years ago, where fake news right. actually meant something that was a problem right. and then it became weaponized by the least – uh, the worst bad <laughs> right. faith actors among us. Uh, the Basically, same thing is going to happen with cancel culture. All cancel any if you can replace cancel culture with just a tribal signifier of who is in and who is out, then that that is a better way of understanding what's going on there. Right. It seems. Do you think the end, uh, the way that this ends, would be that this uh, impacts enough people on? all sides that they just say you know what let's just quit it with this nonsense or do you think this no, just continues i think in it just gets just- worse i think it's one of those things where because i have said three verboten words on this podcast tonight that there are people who simply would never associate themselves with me right and also who would, because who would, who would just never share so even though i could say a million things that they agree with they would simply right. never share anything that i have to say ever again because i have sinned in a way that proves right that i'm i'm not the right type of person and they don't right. want to be associated with me and this is a right. disaster, not because of what it actually means for the future or anything like that, but because it's just a bad way to be in the world, right? It's just it's it's a it's fundamentally bad that we have built a society that has led to this, where you have right. warring tribes that will just that that will be constantly be at each other's throats, and that and you also, cannot cross yeah. over from one side to the other. I cannot imagine being in high school now. So I was a kid yeah. who didn't. It's not, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't a popular kid by any means, right? 
Right. I didn't have a clique of friends. I was a journalism nerd on the school paper who was obnoxious to teachers who needed an obnoxious foil in the classroom, right? But I floated, right? So I had friends, loose associations with people of all stripes. Not that any right. of them were really my close friends or anything right. like that. I'm right. not saying I was this I was a man about town, big man on campus. But what I mean is that I was able to belong to all tribes without belonging to any of them, right? Because it didn't really matter, right? It was all right. bogus high school bullshit. And it's, it's also it doesn't matter now, right? In the fall, we were playing uh, some cornhole tournament, and it's like in different locations. You'll go up to the sticks in Alpharetta or Canton, and you play with those people, and they're friendly and nice, and you just shoot the shit. And then you come down here in Midtown in Atlanta, and you do the same thing with. I bet you, if you looked at their online profiles, they're like people from all segments yeah, but you're of playing like, cornhole with them. You're right. there for a purpose. You're not friends. But, Right, but while you're playing, but what I'm saying is like most people are agreeable in most settings, right? You can catch a football game, and that's like there are enough things that people have in common. But online, the only thing that matters is the one bad thing you said that one time, and it it's like what what is this in service of? Like, are we becoming better people no, through this? Uh, it- demonstrably worse people, right? Right. <laughs> so then, why get, are we still doing it? You get to stand up and just furiously work that outrage muscle, right? right. And get 100,000 people, if you happen to be uh, influencer-ready on Instagram or Twitter, to click the heart button and, and continue to drive you in that direction. And what it do just people feels get out of good. that? Maybe, I, I don't use the internet, I guess, in that way, but like... I don't know. Nobody's ever it... fucking liked anything I've ever done online, so I don't know <laughs> what it feels like. <laughs> Not that that bothers me. They should do like some sort of simulation game to where like... You know ahead of time that this is all a simulation, but you get to feel what it's like. You'll post something, and you'll have, like, 20,000 people liking it. I bet you your stupid brain will be like, oh, that felt nice. A lot of people – maybe there's something that they get out of it because it's got to be tiring to be angry all the time about the dumbest fucking things. So that's the other thing is that uh, now exhaustion is, is morally relevant. Try to find Nicole Hannah-Jones going more than 15 fucking minutes without explaining how exhausted she is by everything that she has to deal with, right? Right. This is a yeah. woman of, in a, a position of extreme power and influence at the New York Times who's, it turns out, is writing high school history curriculum while working on this uh, largely bogus 1619 project, at least in the way that she's framed it. Right. And she's exhausted because of all that she deals with. One of my favorite things to do listening to NPR is so you come in in the middle of an interview, right? And I'm hearing somebody talking about, and this will this will absolutely get me in trouble with people of a certain sensibility. But it is it's it never doesn't make me guffaw out loud when I get to the end of an interview and somebody has talked about all of the ways in which they're disempowered in society because of the color of their skin, all of the ways in which they've been victimized by the world around them, and all of the ways in which they're exhausted by constantly having to deal with this. And you get to the end of the interview and the NPR host says, well, thank you for joining me. That's the editor of the Washington Post editorial page. (laughs) Yeah. People in very high positions, but yeah, like I said, there's a, a currency in in saying that you're either a victim or you had to like overcome a lot. You know, I mean, people do it in sports too. Oh, I, we had to overcome. We did a lot of push-ups, and look at us. Now. It's, and there's it's something a, in your brain that a, you... a failure to 
provide your victim bona fides results in an accusation of privilege, right? Or a, right. And, and, and conversely, a failure to recognize your privileged bona fides results in an accusation of bias in some way as well, right? right. You must constantly prostrate yourself in terms of uh, your relative power in society. And right. none of us has any, right? That's the sick thing, right? Like there's right. Act, actually the fact of the matter is 99.9% of human beings have the exact same amount of power uh, and right. anything and beyond right, deciding yeah. what they're going to have for fucking breakfast. And that, right. that amount of power is none. And also there does seem to be like in the example you just gave with NPR discounting the actual power you do have. Like if you're like an editor of a paper or some – fancy high uh, university professor like to the extent that there's any power in that you have that right but that's discounted you know 10 years ago somebody called me the n-word and i'm gonna play that up and here we are yeah. like it just seems to be kind of a weird like the whole online thing i'm telling you i've said this before it's still a the internet a net positive but barely it is yeah, i talk to people all day and i don't feel right. like i have the problem that you're saying exists right. Right. right, it, but it exists, exists online. It's there. I'm not it saying it doesn't exist. Exists. I'm just saying but what Abe I'm said. I think it's mostly are, on the internet. It is most. It is 100 mostly on the internet, and people are walking around with it in their fucking pocket. They are. Right. We are constantly two seconds away from having to pay attention to it again, and it's a it's a complete disaster. But that is weird, though. Between this, where people are seeking out grievances, and also on. You know, the old geezers, cable news seems to be a lot of that, like the primetime shows. Here's this example of Hollywood, blah, 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 right? People seem to like to be outraged, but at the end of the day, it's exhausting, right? Same thing with, uh, what is this, um, doom scrolling, where people are, like, reading negative news. It's like, people can't help but to read it, even though they know they feel worse having done it, but people... And my response to Lori and anybody who wants to dismiss this as just being something. No, I'm not saying, but but in a way, you're saying this happens online. It's not real life. Except that if the entire culture is being produced by people who are, in fact, online all of the time, then it is relevant uh, in terms of discussion. I think that the culture is being produced not by professors and editors of the New York Times. I think it's being produced by Jojo No, it's being Jojo produced Siwa. by Disney deciding yeah. that you cannot have but to uh, most an anti-social people, political opinion. I think they'll opinion. go, oh, I liked her. Oh, well. Like, and then they move along. I don't think that most people are walking around in real life. They might have an opinion, but it doesn't. it's not a, an opinion that will affect them. It's not, and it's not an opinion that they'd be willing to share for fear of having ended up I on the wrong think it's side. True. I think it's because they, it doesn't matter to them. I'm denying that it doesn't matter. It does, in fact, matter. You cannot... I'm not saying it doesn't matter. It is bad to live in a society that punishes political opinions that you disagree with. And the weird thing is that it's it's not as small as just some fourth lead on a show that three or five million people watch on Disney+, Plus. right? This is people being fired from prominent positions at the New York Times because he said the wrong word on a trip to Peru a with a bunch trip, of that's right. wealthy high schoolers. And he was also saying it in a, some sort of context, but the context was removed. And right, then... and because Dean Baquet, the editor-in-chief of the Times, wanted to fire him a year ago, not because he said the word, but because of the underlying, because he betrayed some sort of underlying contempt for 
the current narrative on race in America, right? That was that right. was the original sin, was a failure to be within the tribe. And the union saved his job a year ago. And then Nicole Hannah-Jones got her hands on it a year later, and the union turned against him, and now he's gone. Right. The union turned against an employee. Right. <laughs> Something real quick before we go. The, and I joked last week about how you everything could and arguably should be canceled. And the faster we do it, then maybe we get to the point where you're talking about we've all self-canceled or in the circular f- firing squad. We're all just lying there dead and nobody, there's nobody left. And then we right. can move on with our lives. But until that happens, take something like The Matrix, for example, just as a story. It would be the pill really movie, right? Yeah. What's that? Like, the movie about the pills, right? You take yeah, one out of the red other. pill, blue pill, and they're making a fourth one now because they, the creators, the Wachowskis got upset because their red pill, blue pill thing got repurposed by the wrong crowd, <laughs> That's right. and now they're coming back to right the wrongs of history. But you can't do a thing about that; it's out of your control. The story of the Matrix fits so neatly into a, a certain nar- a certain kind of narrative that's been popular in sort of apocalyptic storytelling in the last couple generations and i imagine it's just sort of pop- it's just a fun thing to do so it's probably not just the last couple of generations it's just what it is which is that you are a cog in a machine and you must be awakened and there are massive forces that exist beyond your knowledge or control that you can actually fight against as this singular hero, right? In other words, it's really easy to turn the Matrix into a Jews are actually in control of everything allegory, right? That it, right. that if you just, in, in, if instead of it turns out that, because uh, back when it was made, it was Larry and Andy Wachowski, and now I'll be further canceled for having dead named those individuals. But when they oh, made happened? them, when they made the Matrix, they were Larry and Andy Wachowski, and now they are Lana and somebody else Wachowski because both of the brothers have come out as trans women now. No kidding. So, yes. Oh my god, Abe. You, you didn't know that? The Wachowski brothers are not? The Wachowski no, brothers you sisters. have you have now it's done been it like again. It's like 5 years. You've, you've sinned in the same way that I did. Uh, and you are also <laughs> you I finally did it. I got you canceled. <laughs> Mob, uh, get Bob first, not me. Right. So anyway, the Wachowskis well, okay. are are now the Wachowski siblings. They are not the Wachowski brothers because gotcha. they have both transitioned. Hey, good for them, right? Yeah, right. Sure, whatever. That's if. But so now we are supposed to sort of reimagine the story of the Matrix, or it has been written about in this way. I'm not saying that they're saying that this is always a trans allegory, but it is possible to go back and sort of graft if you really want to a trans story, a coming out story onto the story of the matrix and make it sort of vaguely work in terms of this was actually the story they were telling. If instead of Larry becoming Lana and, and transitioning and then making a fourth movie that maybe makes this whole thing more explicit, who knows if instead Larry and Andy had just become MAGA shit posters in the last 20 years, right. right? If they had revealed themselves because it's not that it's not that far afield a conspiracy theory. If you if you treat the Matrix as a conspiracy theory, right? It's like deep state, you know. It's deep state. It's QAnon. Yeah. It's one hundred percent that. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that insane. It would be unfortunate, and I would be very sad <laughs> about it. I would still love the Matrix movies. I would still find right. them incredibly enjoyable and well, interesting to think about. The first one, yeah. No, I like them all. I think they're all. Yeah. I think they're they are all worthy of 
attention. That doesn't mean that I think that they're all great. I think that there are really awesome moments in the second and third one, but whatever. That's a topic for another day. The point being is that if they had become MAGA shit posters in the last 20 years instead of being on the correct side politically, is there any doubt that there would be an attempt to turn the matrix into a problematic story in some way? Right, right. If if Larry and Andy Wachowski were posting memes about red pill and blue pill and and wake up because the Rothschilds and and George yeah. Soros are secretly controlling the world and that the agents were actually stand-ins for the Rockefellers or whatever. Do you think the fourth movie would be made by the shit posters? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe not for Warner Brothers, but probably for the Daily Wire. For ben Shapiro's. Uh... <laughs> Would it be hard to reimagine Star Wars as an extremely obvious uh, blacks are bad and whites are good thing? Like if, like if you wanted to build a case. That you should work for the, the Daily Wire. You should, you should be the, the artistic visionary of, of that. You well, I just, mean, the uh, dark side and a light side. Darth Vader is right. a fully blacked out character, right? The Emperor. Right. The emperor but, turns into this weird shriveled prune because he associates with the dark side <laughs> and only Luke can save him. The white shining knight in his white robes can save the day. <laughs> yeah, it could work. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Ape. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Head over to brainiron.com. That's the best way to find us. Now that I've said all of the uh, bad words available to me, maybe it's time to start a Patreon. (laughs) Now that I've made it functionally impossible for anyone to share this, we should start asking for money because that's uh, that's what you're supposed to do here. You got to piss off enough people before you ask for them. That's what's so. What's funny about this conversation we've had for the last half an hour? is that I think it is both the right conversation to have and I am also incredibly, I find it incredibly off-putting whenever somebody makes it their whole thing, right? So like when the Michael Tracy's and the Glenn Greenwalds of the world are on Twitter all the time or Ben Shapiro is going on about cancel culture on Twitter, I can't fucking stand it. Right. Because they are the wrong vessels for talking about this greenwald also, sort of greenwald's able right. to do it in a, in a semi-interesting way without centering himself too much but you know the people who do make it their whole thing are basically just using this situation to to criticize people that they don't like right so it's like instead of just being like this is wrong let's all be on the same page like fuck those people for doing this thing that is not right so like right. the way they go about using it seems to be again going back to what is this all about? This is you just taking the opportunity to shit on someone else that you already don't like and not the actual issue at hand, you know. And I obviously don't imagine myself committing that sin uh, because, of course, I don't. But but I, I, I hope that I'm not here. But then I read things by, like, John McWhorter and Glenn Lowry who write about this sort of stuff. And these are established black intellectuals. And they get written off as not being authentically black by the relevant right. people that because they're not they're not politically even though they are fully so McHorter especially is just your traditional 
liberal Democrat, right? Like he's 100% a, a, a liberal progressive type of guy who's a, he's a linguist and a, he's a professor. He's a linguist. He has a good podcast, but he also is out of step with the established narrative on race and is therefore cast out of the group. John McCorder isn't cool in any way. That's a like, pretty I think important that's standard. Some but, people's problem with him is but, he's but like also a square. Right. It didn't fall along those lines exactly, like left, right. I mean, there's a lot of that, but there are a lot of people on either side who think differently. Right. But you're left, right. right no longer has any bearing on it. it right. The left, right alignment is is coincidental at this point more than right. anything else. Everything right. is culture war. Who said that? Have we been saying that for the last uh, almost <laughs> year now? That actually everything is culture war and it's fucking right. terrible? It is terrible. The opening and closing themes of this show were composed by Mark Gillig. On the vaccine topic, seems like good news is potentially right around the corner. If Fauci and uh, Gottlieb are to be believed, it yeah. seems like by like mid-April, pretty much anybody is going to be able to just make an appointment to get the vaccine. Fauci, Gottlieb, and Abe. Memorial Day. This is over. Been saying <laughs> they it. have not <laughs> said Memorial Day. I'm saying it. I know it's what be you over. said. <laughs> but yeah, things do look... I mean, basically, so long as it's like the worst-case scenario with these variants don't happen, which I don't think they are, so we should be fine. Right, and I've been... so. The reason that I gave up on even considering trying to sneak my way into Group 1B is because I'd started hearing from Gottlieb like a week ago that if we can just wait until mid-April, like you just sit on us for another six or seven weeks, there's a pretty good chance that the supply is going to begin to outstrip the demand. I feel like those two wouldn't say that unless it was like pretty sure. Oh, Fauci will say yeah. anything. No, no, Fa- no, the other Fauci's one. Fauci's a complete disaster. The and other one. Yeah, I know. Gottlieb He's such is, a policy guy. Gottlieb is better. But yeah, Fauci's willingness to just outright lie in service of what he thinks is the right answer on the more long term is very bad news for him. He a, doesn't have uh, communication discipline when because it, it seems to be wherever I see him, he's always saying something slightly different based on the way the question is posed. No, it's how and science it's, goes. That's what right. science is it's like. Not, I don't think if, he's doing, if it was just purely science, I would be fine with it. He has blatantly and purposefully lied to the country that's in a service. Bit strong. No, blatantly he did. He's lying? admitted that he lied about masks because he didn't want people to go out and buy out buy up all the masks, right? Right. Yeah, that's he, true. He's lied in service of a, a perceived greater good, and it's bizarre. That and also with the we herd immunity that numbers, level right? Of power to an unelected bureaucrat. Uh, <laughs> But he shouldn't. He shouldn't have that much power. And also, like I think he did, kind of deliberately change the numbers to what herd immunity looked like, where it was like lower, and then now it's like higher and higher. But it's not. It's, we should not be leaving that up to the judgment of Tony Fauci to decide but whether or not, not Americans need to hear that. Because now it's it's this weird sociological, and that's the thing about public health and all of this sociology bullshit in the first place is that it's all just an attempt to understand mass psychology when right. we have 
literally no handle on how an American is going to, like, how is the average American going to hear that we need to get to 80 to 90% herd immunity rather than 60 to 70% herd immunity? And right. how is that going to, like, imagine thinking that you have a handle on that answer in such a way that it's going to save lives one way or another. Nobody fucking knows the answer right. to that. And right. so we rely on his judgment to determine it. He should have, they should have from the get go just said, it should, we should focus on the we'll, – we'll have the right answer on the herd number based on the numbers of hospitalizations and deaths and cases because if that's going down precipitously, that means herd immunity is right. close we'll at hand. We'll know when we know. Not, yeah. not here's the answer. It will right. change based on how I'm thinking about what I think Americans are thinking from week to right. week. Right. Anyway, you uh, got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. We will talk to you next time. Later. Ted Cruz. Fucking retarded. Marco Rubio. Fucking retarded. Mitch McConnell. Fucking retarded. Josh Hawley. Fucking retarded. All the Republicans. Fucking retarded. There was a lot of uses for that word, a very uh, versatile word. Uh, Maybe it's time to start a Patreon. The kids are just absolute steaming vectors of disease constantly. Maybe it's time to start a Patreon. Also, the longer this stupid country goes on, maybe it's time to start a Patreon. I don't know. Nobody's ever fucking liked anything I've ever done online, so I don't know what it feels like. <laughs> Not that that bothers me. Maybe it's time to start a Patreon. Because there's not actually any such thing as a quote-unquote super spreader event. That's sort of a misnomer. It's just that there right. are super spreader individuals. And if you happen right. to be at an event where one of those assholes is... Is there or more, then... There's a good chance that uh, there's going to be uh, a great deal of spread there. What do you think it is? Like It's got to be like loud talkers, right? <laughs> or people Close that talkers? love singing for no reason? Yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> Because like it would have to be something like that. Right? It's not just some random guy just walking about. Who knows? They should get to the bottom of it. I watched like the first uh, two episodes and I realized mostly I like the music on Star Wars. And I don't care about any of <laughs> these people. So like, when they're just walking around, like, man, I don't care about any of these people. Not even, like, that little uh, baby thing that people like. I don't... No. I was out. But I hear it's good. No, it's very good. You watched... Bob. Fucking retarded. That's...
Abe. Fucking retarded. Maybe it's time to start with Patreon. The constant totionality.